Praise the Lord, everybody. Good evening. Amen. Welcome to a Wednesday night Bible study. It's uh, September 13th, and that means that uh, Friday 13th came on a Wednesday this time. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not superstitious. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's just another day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, we want to pray tonight uh, before we get into the Bible lesson. And I uh, want to remember Brother uh, Bob Jovanovsky, uh, uh, my daughter Sarah. She's going through a rough time right now, so uh, keep her in prayer. And uh, in this crazy world, uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on everywhere, as usual. Amen. And, uh, but uh, we have peace in our hearts because we know the Lord. Uh, but a lot of people going through a lot of uh, things in this world do not know Jesus and and these things uh, overtake them. Amen. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you tonight and magnify your name. We are gathered here tonight in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're gathered for a purpose, Lord. We're gathered to look into your word, to look into the perfect law of liberty. We're here to break uh, the bread of life, the word of God and God, we pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord, to be here with us tonight, that your Holy Spirit would open up our hearts and minds and help us, Lord, to see things in the Word of God we've never seen before and to understand and have illumination of your Word, Lord, that we can comprehend it just a little more, Lord, and be able to institute the Word of God into our lives, Lord, that we may profit thereby. And Lord, we just give you the glory and the praise, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We've all... Uh, gathered here tonight, Lord. Some of us worked, some of us uh, uh, have uh, had a long day, some of us have had a rough day, but Lord, help us to put all those things aside and to focus upon you and, and to look to you, Lord, to be the author and the finisher of our faith and build our faith tonight, Lord, as we hear the word of the Lord and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Uh, picking up uh, from last week, we left off at uh, Romans chapter 12, and we'll be uh, picking up at verses, uh, verse 17 up to 21. And uh, this passage gives us some important advice on how we should handle difficult situations and people in our lives. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Have you ever had to d deal with a difficult person in your life? Amen. If, if, you, if you haven't, then you're probably not human. Amen. You, <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. It's, it, that, comes with, uh, that comes with uh, life. Amen. And it asks us to rise above our natural instincts for revenge, instead to respond with love and kindness. And we talked about la uh, that last week. Uh, sometimes it's not that easy. It's easy to read the words, but it's not easy to walk them out. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this passage, starts by saying, Don't try to get back at someone who has hurt you. In a world where people often want to get even when someone wrongs them, this verse tells us as Christians we should act differently. We're encouraged to break the cycle of revenge and choose to forgive instead. Paul also says, Do what's right and good in the eyes of everyone. This means that our behavior should reflect our faith. Our actions should show the love of Christ 
in our lives. We're supposed to be peacemakers and spread kindness, even when others are unkind to us. And this passage continues with, if you can live at peace with everyone. This means that we should do our best to get along with others. We should try to resolve conflicts and avoid making things worse. It's our responsibility to work toward peace, even if it's difficult. Now, it, it, it kind of leaves a little option in there because if, if you've ever tried to straighten something out with someone, sometimes they're, they're implacable. Uh, there uh, is no, peace is no option with them. And, you know, all you can do is pray for them and, and put them in the hands of the Lord and let them go. And sometimes that's all you can do. Amen. But do the best that you can do uh, in those types of situations. But what's truly special about this passage is, it, is how it tells us to treat our enemies. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give them food. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Now, this is very different from what most people would do. Instead of seeking revenge, we're told to show kindness and love and even to those who have hurt us. This can have a powerful impact and change uh, people's hearts. Now, if you look at the Hollywood movie industry, there's a very big chunk of movies that come out every year dealing with revenge, getting them back. You know, we had... The, the good guy that's been wronged and, and uh, he has a military background so he go, comes with, with guns ablazing and he puts all the bad guys in, in, where they should be, six feet underground, amen. But, amen, even though that uh, we are oriented towards justice, that does not mean that we take justice into our own, own hands and, and, and seek revenge. Amen. We leave that to the Lord. And uh, you know what? All it takes is a little bit of life and living. And if you watch the people that's wronged you and, and people that uh, did you wrong, they eventually get theirs. <laughs> God, uh, life life is, seems to take care of those uh, kind of people that, that do others wrong, especially when, you know, they have no care or concern for anyone, you know, uh, so life will take care of them. God will take care uh, of those that do you wrong. Now finally, Paul ends with a powerful message. Don't let evil defeat you. Instead, conquer evil with good. Don't conquer evil with more evil. Don't con conquer evil with a bigger baseball bat. Don't conquer evil with a bigger gun. You conquer evil with good. Amen. Amen. In a world that sometimes seems filled with hate and darkness, we have the ability to combat it with love. Love can out, uh, overcome hatred, kindness can beat cruelty, and forgiveness can heal wounds. I mean, have, how many have ever seen that? Two people, oh, they've been butting heads for years. Finally, the dam breaks and the emotions flow and forgiveness is exchanged and how that it can just change people's hearts, how it can, you know, heal wounds that have been there for years. Amen. God, doing it God's way is the best way. Amen. Now, in summary, Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 21, ask us to respond in difficult situations 
and people with kindness, even when it's tough. It challenges us to be different from the norm, to show forgiveness instead of revenge, and to be peacemakers. By doing this, we can bring about positive change and overcome evil with the power of good. Let's remember these lessons as we go about our lives and in doing so bring honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This is our worship. Our, our behavior is our worship. Amen. When we come in here and sing songs and clap our hands, that's praise. Worship is how you live out who you're praising. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's, let's uh, offer up praise and worship to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, I believe that the last question we uh, covered was uh, question 12. So we will pick up a, a question 13. And uh, the... Uh, if we can back up uh, and read, because uh, question 13a says exp uh, express or, yeah, express verse 15 in your own words. So if we can bring up verse 15 uh, from chapter 12 of Romans. Let's read that together. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Amen. Can someone uh, uh, give us a paraphrase uh, uh, in your own words of what that is uh, saying to you? What, what what you think that is saying? Don't don't everybody go at once, <laughs> brother Ernie. I know you got something. Uh, be happy with those that are happy in the Lord. I might have just gotten blessed by the Lord mm -hmm. instead of saying, "Well, why didn't I get that?" Yeah. Be happy with them and rejoice with them. And then those that are going through a downtime, then you become, uh, I mean, what's the word? You weep for those who weep. Yeah. You feel bad for them. You say, I'm going to go to the Lord for you. Mm -hmm. Just like uh, Moses, when his hands got tired, Aaron on the right, her on the left. Kept right. Pissing. We need to be like that. Amen. Uh, brother, you, you touched on something there about rejoicing with those that rejoice. There is a temptation, you know. To say, you know, God, here I am. I'm back in my, uh, breaking my back every day. I'm working hour upon hour, and I got this old beater car. And brother, brother John over there, he just got a brand new Cadillac, and I, he don't even have a job. <laughs> now, how did he do that, Lord? How, how did you bless him? And, and here I am driving this old rust bucket. We can let bad things get started. We 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 can let envy. Uh, get in our heart and, 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 you know, cause us even more problems. Amen. You think you got problems with, uh, with that old rust, rusty bucket, you know, get envy in your heart and start hating your brother just because he's blessed. You know, you, you don't know what he's done. You don't know what he's sacrificed. Uh, you know, he might be getting a, a reward from 20 years ago when he uh, sacrificed uh, something great for the Lord. Amen. He might be coming into a season a blessing because he had a long season of sacrifice himself. So, you know, rejoice with, you know, be glad for people uh, when they get blessed. Amen. Because the more glad you are about your brother getting blessed, the, you know, that, that might move you up the line a little bit anyway. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. But, uh, but, but it also says weep with those that weep. 
Amen. That's showing empathy. Uh, that's that's what I wrote. Uh, just show empathy. You know, feel what they're feeling. Amen. Instead of feeling bad for them, feel what they're feeling. Amen. Uh, because you know, if they lost a loved one, we've all lost a loved one. We know what it's like to to lose someone we really cared about, and uh, and just put yourself in their shoes. And I know how that feels. And just a kind word. You don't uh, you don't have to go up and tell them. I know how you feel, because sometimes people just don't want to hear that. You know, so, sometimes people don't want to hear anything. Sometimes they just just want a hug. Sometimes they just want to know that you're there, and uh, they don't they don't need a sermon. Uh, you know, I've, I found stuff out like that uh, for myself. You know, and <laughs> uh, I I remember one time I uh, there's this brother uh, uh, he. Uh, uh, was you know telling me about some of the things going on in his life, and I, I had an answer for everything. And finally, he he just stopped me and said, "Brother, I I, I don't need any advice. I I just need someone to talk to. You know, I, I just need you to listen. I, I don't I don't need I don't need you to tell me anything. Put me back in my place, but I got to think about it. You know, he was right. You know, you see, we don't we we don't have the answers. Amen. The Lord has the answers, but sometimes." Just a just a presence uh, with with a with, with someone going through something is, is what they're needing. Amen. To just to be there to empathize uh, with them. Question uh, or question uh, thirteen, part B says, "What do you think Paul, or why do you think Paul gave such instructions?" Said, uh, "See also First Corinthians twelve twenty one to twenty six. If, uh, if we can read that together. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable uh, parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving it greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no, may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Have you ever had a headache and your head was hurting so much that, mm-hmm. you know, it felt like your, your feet were hurting, too? You, you hurt all over yeah. or, or start to get the flu or something, and your hair is even hurting. You're, you're just feeling so bad. Or uh, another example is, uh, have you ever tried to button up your shirt without a thumb? <laughs> that's, that's not easy. And, you know, like. I have this old thumb, you know, like it's been beat so many times with a hammer. It's, it's not very good looking. Uh, I don't need that thumb. <laughs> well, try to button up your shirt without a thumb. So, and, and it says there that even some of the most, uh, the ones you think that are maybe not uh, so important, it says they're indispensable. Amen. We all have a part in the body. Amen. 
We all have a part to play. We all have a corner to hold. Amen. We all have uh, a part to play, uh, something to do in the church. Amen. Now, I know that the statistics say that 20% of the people do 80% of the work in, <laughs> in any organization. It's a business or church or whatever. But just because it, you're not doing anything doesn't mean that there's not something that needs to be done. It means you're just not doing your part. Amen. I just threw that in for free. <laughs> not charging any extra for that. <laughs> but why do, uh, why do you think Paul gave such instructions? Uh, uh, Brother Lathan, you got your hand up? Thus, there's no restriction in their Bible. All should do what Jesus says. Amen. Anybody got something to add to that? Haley, you got that look on your face like you could say something. <laughs> Amen. Because, you know, it's, it's real easy for a church to kind of uh, kind of devolve into, like, high school. Yeah. Anybody remember high school? Anybody uh, went to uh, the, the little cliques and, and, and you, had, you had the preppy group, yeah. and then you had the jock group, and, and then you had the, uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, 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 and then, and then you'd have the uh, the stoner group, you know, and and you had all these little groups, and they'd all collect together. And this group didn't want anything to do with that group, and and, and a lot of a lot of fights got started that way, you know. Uh, uh, that's not that's not the way the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be a body, amen, a single body, amen, not parts of different cliques, amen. We're supposed to be. Uh, one body. Amen. Let's move on. Uh, let's pick up at verse uh, 17 of Romans 12, and we'll go into the next section here. Repay no one for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, doing, by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Verse 15a says, How absolute does Paul's instructions in verse 17 appear to be? Is it an absolute? Is it kind of a generality? Uh, go ahead, Sister Stacy. 
100%. Amen. Right. You know. Amen. And uh, now, Sister Stacy, I know that you've probably been a uh, spectator your whole life because you've uh, you were the pastor's daughter. You uh, you changed uh, probably umpteen uh, amount of churches, and and uh, you saw situations on top of situations. You were in the background, but you were also right in the middle of it all uh, because people did this and people did that, and it's not easy to turn the other cheek sometimes. Because I'm right. I'm sure you saw uh, Pastor Pentecost uh, put on a stiff upper lip uh, and then come home and probably uh, just kind of, you know, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's not easy, but. What does the Bible say? With God, all things are possible. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, most most of the scars on a pastor are on the inside of, of his lip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, it was at my church when I grew up. Three years ago, actually. Mm. And someone had gotten dirt on the back of his head and he was not breathing. He was struggling to breathe. Mm. And he was so Probably the longest 
Wow. Praise God. Part B of 15, it says, uh, what words help to confirm your answer? And I think it's uh, probably words in the scripture there, uh, either verse 17 or 18, uh, that confirm. Uh, Go ahead, uh, Pastor Ernie. Basically, it's kind of never pay back evil for evil, Mm -hmm. especially those that want to change your outlook or you're pissed. Continue to pray for him. Let God touch him and bless him and whatever he needs to do to him. But that's, that's a hard one, too, sometimes. Never, ever pay back evil for evil, but let God deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> let me write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I remember years ago, uh, I, there was this one kid, we, we butted heads a lot in high school, and I just, you know, he, he, he picked on me, and, and I, I tried to turn the other cheek, and, you know, and we had a little ruckus here and there, but uh, I never, I just didn't like him. I went to the Army and did my Army time and came back, and, and I run into him one day, and, uh, and uh, he uh, asked me for a ride, and I'm... <laughs> I'm going, okay, I'll just go with this. But you know what? I treated him kind. I, I gave him a ride in his time of need, and, and we had a good conversation while I was riding. You know, it's it just like nothing had ever been between us. And it was like I'm, I made a friend out of, of a, out of a former enemy by treating him kindly and not repaying the evil for evil because I could have come up with an excuse, you know. Uh, I wasn't uh, living the best for the Lord at the time, but... Uh, you know, I could have come up with some kind of excuse and uh, and uh, denied him, uh, but but I chose to do the right thing and uh, and I made a friend out of an enemy. Amen. So I I, fi- I figure by that by that I won. You know, I finally won that long struggle I had with this person because you know I I uh, you know repaid uh, good for evil. Amen. <laughs> and, then, and then I realized, 
put my arms around them and let my hands pass their neck and get to their back. Then, uh, then I finally, I got a release and I really got free. Mm. How many of us walk around angry with people and we are not even cognizant, we're not aware of the fact that we harbor that anger? Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, you know, because the human mind, have you heard of compartmentalizing? Yeah. That's where you can, you can uh, put barriers between emotions. And you can uh, you can like put it all in this little box, and you and you can you can function all around that little box. You you put all that negative for that one person in that little box, and you you can just dance all around it, and you can function fine. But still, there's that resentment in that little box, even though you've rationalized all around it, you've uh, uh, psychoanalyzed everything, and and. Uh, you know, and you, and you put up hedges so that you can function, you know, and, and you kind of did some patchwork there on the inside. But still, you got that stuff in that little box. And sometimes that's what God is picking at, trying to trying to pick that out. And, you know, put that person in front of you and put that person behind you, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is sometimes we can kind of, uh, do mental mind games to get around what God has told us to do. So uh, we need to forgive them fully. Forgive them. Amen. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're saying that they're right. Doesn't mean that you know you got to make yourself a doormat. But forgiveness frees up you. Forgiveness fixes you. Forgiveness patches you up. And, and heals you, Amen. Uh, the other person, they'll get what they'll get what's coming to them, Amen. But you know, some someone, uh, Pastor Willie, is, uh, I've heard probably several people say it. Uh, uh, revenge is like uh, drinking poison and waiting waiting for the other person to die. You know, it, it just it doesn't do anything for you, Amen. It it hurts you more than it hurts them. Because you know, they may uh, they may be a, a, a what do you call them a, a, a sociopath? They don't really have any emotions. They don't really care. You know they don't care how you feel. You know and here you you're you're the one that's bearing all the weight of this grudge. They don't care. You know they could care they couldn't care less because they're a sociopath. Amen. But but you have to forgive them for your sake. Amen. Uh, Pastor Ernie, go ahead. Sometimes we pray and we say, Lord, like the scripture says, I'm giving that person over to you. Mm -hmm. And I beat the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call fire down on their heads. Blessed. <laughs> what do you do that for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like uh, Jonah uh, prophesied to Nineveh, God's going to kill y'all. Then when God does it, what did Jonah do? He got an attitude. God, you said you was going to kill these people, and now you're not. And his real issue was uh, he, he was afraid of looking like a false prophet. You know, it, it, was, it was looking bad on him. And, you know, so, so sometimes we can have these weird little reasons uh, going on in our life. Amen. You know, the Bible will psychoanalyze you really good if you... If you let it get into you, amen. 
It'll pull some stuff out of you you didn't know was there. It'll pull some little compartmentalized boxes that you didn't know were in there. Amen. If you'll let the Word of God do its work, let the Holy Spirit work in you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah saw a lot about himself that he didn't realize was there. You know, you know who know who knows what happened in the life of Jonah? Maybe maybe he had some run-ins uh, with Ninevites. Maybe he had some family members killed by that cruel people. Amen. Because uh, you know history says Ninevites were some pretty was a pretty rough bunch, as they would say down south. Amen. Part C says, how do you reconcile verse 2 with verse 17? Can we back up to uh, verse 2 and read that real quick? And then we'll, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now let's go back over to verse 17. Repay no one for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And so it says, how do you reconcile verse 2 with verse 17? I'll, I'll start on this one. Uh, I, the world practices an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But if we're going to be conformed, if we're going to be transformed, com, uh, not conformed to the world, but transformed uh, by uh, the renewing of our mind, we've got to act different. You know. Amen. That's just, is some, can someone uh, add, add on to that? Well, uh, Brother Denny, you've been around, uh, you've revolved around the sun uh, a few times. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure that you've probably had uh, a lot of situations uh, in your life that you had to pray about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And I'm sure that. Amen. Sometimes you got to do that on purpose. Amen. Right. Amen. And uh, the reason I, uh, I put it that way is because if you're going through a rough time in life, look to someone who has a little more uh, time and rank, you know, you know, in the army of the Lord than what you do. Because uh, sometimes, uh, and that's why I like to call our elders seasoned citizens. You know, you know, they've been seasoned 
by the Lord. You know, the seasoning of the Lord is in them. Uh, they've seen a lot of things. They've had a lot of time and, and uh, opportunity and a lot of experiences in the Lord. They've been through some stuff is what I'm trying to say. And, and sometimes they got something to say. And a lot of times the older people, they don't talk a whole lot. But when they do talk, they got something to say. And uh, if you're having a rough time, you know, consult with your elder. Uh, and uh, they might can uh, help you through that thing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Sister Pat. It, I think it might be a little kind of by design. Men's got to be that uh, uh, papa bear. Got to be able to, you know, uh, be the protector. And it's got to not let emotion show, and, you know, and show that stiff upper lip, you know. And it's, we're going to make it through this, you know. It's got to be the Charles Bronson or, 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 or the Clint Eastwood uh, uh, of, the, uh, of, of the family. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, men can be a little rough around the edges, let's say. Amen. And uh, <laughs> uh, I thought I heard my wife amening back there all, all over the place. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, my wife's sensitive and emotional. And, and I guess, uh, truth be told, I'm emotional on the inside. And it, but it barely, very rarely ever comes to the surface. Amen. You know, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's uh, the legacy of uh, hillbilly uh, ingrained in me where the men are hard as nails and the, and the win, women are soft as silk, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, it, I think men sometimes need, need training to put out a soft tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll take a man like that. That's a killer. All day long. <laughs> And here's an example. I'll, I'll go there. Have you ever, uh, I, I've seen this over the years, like a, a very uh, uh, educated uh, uh, black man from Detroit area. Dress hard. Dress street. You know, like, that's not who he is. Because when you talk to him, you know, he's deep intellectual, but he dresses like the street. And he had puts on this persona because he grew up in a rough neighborhood, you know, and he, he, he can't appear soft 
on the street or you get taken advantage of. Have you, I, I've, I've known people like this over the years. Yeah. 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 About 50, about 40 and 50, the men really start to think about who they really are. Mm-hmm. They really start to talk about their emotions some. We, you know, we're not going to discuss that. Mm-hmm. It's a man thing, so they can't get out. But, uh, you know, and things like that. But all of that goes into people's relationships, mm-hmm. as what you're about to talk about. Because if you're not at peace with yourself, you can't be at peace with anybody. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, peace starts right here and goes outward. I mean, so uh, praise God. Thanks be be to God for being in our lives. Amen. Uh, The world is hard. (laughs) All right, let's move on to uh, uh, question 16. What goal? Does Paul offer in verse 18? Could we uh, flash, uh, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So what does Paul, what goal does Paul offer in verse 18? Mm-hmm. But as far as it depends on you... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, like walking by a goose nest, and the old gander or the, or the goose comes out after you. They're not wanting to negotiate anything. <laughs> they want you out of their territory. Yeah. The truth of the matter is nobody can make you do anything. Right. You simply respond as things feel you like. I'm a, I'm a very nasty person in most things. You mess with that little one down there, I turn to a different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so at all points, I'm peaceable until I can't be anymore. And that's why Paul, at the end of that, he says, there's a time and place for all things, a time and place under the sun. There's a time for peace, but there's a time for war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. And there's, there's a time for peace, and we want to be peaceful, but because there's sometimes when we don't have that option. Right. But if we don't have that option, let it be because we don't have the option, and you stop everything you did to make peace with that person, mm-hmm. that you would. Right. And call back the <laughs> and if And if you do all you can do, you have a clear conscience. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know you did your best, and you let 
God do the rest. You know, and pray for them, and that's all you can do. Let's move on to question 17. How would you describe the limitations that Paul recognizes? So this is kind of a continuation. Uh, how would you describe the limitations? Uh, go ahead, Haley. Yeah. People, not yeah. only yourself, but others around you, and obviously while we try our best to live Christ-like, but we have our faults, we have our limits, and so he kind of just recognizes that we are human, we we mm -hmm. are sinful by nature, and there are things that we can't do perfectly, but he at least gives us guidelines for how to live in the event that we somehow find a way to like actually regulate. That's a good way to articulate that. Amen. It, it is what it is. Amen. Let's move on to, uh, oh, go ahead, brother. I was a minister and me and my wife were out in the front yard and everything and two ladies, two white ladies walked by, mm -hmm. introduced themselves and said, how you doing? This, that, you know, and they found out that I was a minister and they prayed for me. They prayed for me and my wife wow. and wow. blessed us. Mm. They had their Bibles in their hand and they went on about their business. They're going to church for the Bible study and coming back from, from <laughs> Bible study. Uh, okay, I said that then. But there were two families uh, uh, among all the people that were in that neighborhood that treated us proper mm -hmm. that didn't want us there. Wow. And they were white. Mm -hmm. they were, now, the mix of company, the, the, uh, the, uh, that, uh, that particular neighborhood has got uh, mostly white in it, but then it got some, some black in it. But yeah. everybody treated us with respect yeah. except those two families. Yeah. And they went to the uh, went as far as uh, cursing my wife out mm. every day, mm. every day. My wife is a she's an outside person and she loves to, you know, do the yard stuff like that. And so yeah. they cursed her out. I'm at work now, mid uh, uh, afternoon, midnight shift. Yeah. And then they, he also tried to uh, the other guy across. They, they two families got together and formed a pact. We got to drive that them folks out. Mm. 
they got to drive them out. And so uh, that's what they tried to do. They tried, but we, uh, we prayed. My wife witnessed to the guy that was cursing it out. And then we, and I said, Lord, because of the physical problems, because they had guns and they were shooting the guns off, my wife would come home from, uh, from the store, uh, and uh, they were, uh, I'm at work now, and they would uh, uh, shoot the guns off at my wife. My wife was getting out the car, putting her foot out the car, to, uh, getting, going to the house, mm. uh, and uh, she heard the gun shot. It said, put fool went over her head. She got back in the car, drove back up to uh, where the, uh, right. uh, wherever store she was in, and called and had the police. She was too upset. She, called, she had the, them call the police. For her uh, from the store. Wow. These are the kind of folks that we mm. lived around. They let the dogs out. Both both families let the dogs mm. out, and I uh, I came almost. My wife was uh, mowing the she was mowing the lawn one day uh, uh, again, and then the man came uh, at my wife again, and I happened to be off off of work. He came at my wife, and you know how that is. Mm. You know you come you can't you can't mess with, especially a woman. Right. Your wife? Oh, mm. no. You know, I'm a wrestler, too? No, uh-uh. <laughs> and so he went, after my, he went at my wife, and, uh, when I, I just, and I heard him cursing at my wife when I was inside the house. So I went out to check on my wife to see what, what was going on, and come to find out he was headed to my wife, pulled something out of it, looking like he was getting ready to go into his pocket to pull something out, like mm. a knife or a gun or something like that. And then when I saw that, I ran at him. And I was going to, uh, I was going to um, disarm him. Whatever I had to do to disarm him, I was going to disarm him. Make it so that uh, he wouldn't be able to do anything to anybody at any time. Mm. And so uh, this is the kind of stuff we went through. Now, we went, we went to the police. We got all kind of police stuff. Now, to make a long story short, God evicted him and his wife from that house. Mm. Lived next door. He evicted them. Because we had, we, I asked God, it got so bad until I said, Lord, send a destroyer. Send your destroyer to these, because they were shooting their guns off. My wife was, you know, and then I got to the point where I couldn't even go out at night even to move the garbage. Because she was out, the, the wife was out there, and I felt, felt like she wanted to kill me, you know, and then blame it on me. Say, well, he came over the fence, you know, and I had, you know, this, uh, whatever you call it, uh, whatever you call it, uh, where you, you uh, stand your ground stuff. Yeah. You know, that's how that one boy got killed with the hoodie on. You know, I don't understand how that happened. But the thing is, I felt that. And we, we felt uh, a murderous spirit. But God moved them. Uh, God, they, uh, when we saw, the, the police said, put up cameras. Put the, cam put the cameras up. Mm. So we put cameras up. They said, they can't lie. They've been lying. But if you put the cameras up, cameras tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> we put the cameras up, and the cameras told the truth. Mm. And they, uh, we, the cameras, uh, the, the, so the video got back to the judge when they sued us in tw 2020 uh, to block us from putting up a nice, beautiful fence, blocked us from taking down an old piece of junkie fence, and, block, and, and tried to, and, and also wanted $35,000 from us. Mm. Yeah, so with some people, uh, and peace so, is not uh, an option. So <laughs> I, I said that to say this. We prayed. I felt like going over there, busting the door down, and doing taking matters in my own hand. I really, I'm just not being honest with you. I felt that about both families. God said, "No, you hold back. Let me take care of it." God took care of the family. He took. They when they sued me in 2020, 
God reversed it in 2022 when the, when the judge saw uh, all the stuff, the video of, of them trying to run over my wife. The, his wife tried to run over my wife twice. She pulled in, ran at my wife, and then backed up, and then backed up, and, and back, you could see the, the, the wheels of the car turning uh, into my wife. And my wife had a race. She was breaking loose at the time. And so uh, you could see my wife with the, 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 race, the race up in the air, mm. you know, trying to protect herself from a woman in a, 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 a Dodge coming in the yard. And mm. so uh, we thank the Lord that that was caught on video and then also caught her getting out the car caught her face, her whole body, and everything. The judge saw all of that and said, y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all history. Y'all, they call it attempted murder. They say, y'all history. Want you to sell your house, want you to put your house up for sale in 20, either 20 or 21 days. Mm. And they, you got to move. And so we just thank the Lord God. Uh, God evicted them. <laughs> and the judge Amen. stayed on it and he said, if you do anything anymore, any, uh, if you hear about anything else, I'm still on the case. I better not hear about anything else from you guys. Amen. And so we've never seen them anymore since 2000, uh, 2020. Remember that old uh, song, uh, Victory, Victory Shall Be Mine? Yeah. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. Amen. Let's uh, read the last uh, uh, few uh, verses, uh, 19 to 21. Uh, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, question 18, we got, uh, we're, I think we're going to make it tonight. <laughs> Amen. Uh, question 18 says, what is the reason for not seeking personal revenge? What is the, what is the reason that we don't seek revenge? Uh, go ahead, uh, Brother Lath. Do lose leaving room for your God who the Amen. Amen. Let, the, uh, that's God's God's department. Amen. That's that's God's prerogative. That's God's uh, option. Uh, it's not our option. Revenge is not our option. Amen. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. And. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, it's like uh, when you're having a fight with your brother and he hits you, and then you swing and hit him back. Who 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 uh, is the one seen get uh, hit, uh, throwing the punch? The, the parents never see the first punch; <laughs> they always see the second one. Amen. So you end up in a worse place than than what your brother was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've experienced that personally <laughs> more than one time. <coughs> and I've been on the opposite side of that, too. I've, you know. <laughs> I had two brothers. We were rough. 
<laughs> a lot of situations, I bet, with six boys. Uh, question 19, what is the likely result of treating an enemy with kindness and concern? Uh, go ahead, uh, Pastor Ernie. You will heap burning coals upon his head. Now, in special forces, when we went through kind of a deprogramming stage, mm -hmm. they said in hand-to-hand -hand combat, you don't ever want to think your enemy is having a family or having problems. Your enemy is your enemy. Yeah, right. And then when you become a Christian, if you're born again, you have to kind of deprogram yourself all over again. Uh-huh. And that's why it says, you know, you pray for your enemy. I mean, uh, I guess if you, if you think about it, that's a quite a psychological it's, it's probably a thing. Uh, it's probably called a, some kind of a thing, but when when you when someone knows that they have treated you bad, and here you come at them and doing nothing but good, it's got to mess with their head. You know, it's 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 really got to mess with them when when you re re repay uh, their evil for, uh, with uh, loving kindness and concern f uh, for them and their well-being. It's got to mess with their head. And, uh, and the Bible describes it as heaping coals on their head. You know, it, it's got to be some guilt-inducing or uh, uh, conviction-inducing or something. Uh, but doing the right thing, it will, it will help change their heart. Amen. Uh, sister? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of kindness uh, went a long ways in, in her life. Amen. Yeah. But uh, her, or I'm sure her destiny is a lot better than it was before. <laughs> Amen. All right. Last question says, for further study, what insights do you gain from the following verses about how to stand firm against evil? Uh Part A is John 16, verses 5 to 14. Uh, we really don't have time to read that, but uh, uh, I, uh, I put the Holy Spirit will reprove sin. Did anybody get something different? Go ahead, Brother Leif. Now Jesus went to his father. What, what did you say? Jesus went to his father. 
yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus intercedes for us uh, with the Father. Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. Yeah, you got uh, 2 Corinthians 10. If you can put it up there. Okay, uh, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Amen. So we got different weapons. The Bible never said not to fight. It just, you don't fight the way the world fights. Amen. Amen. Uh, the world uh, gets in a uh, martial arts stance or something like that, and we go to our knees in prayer. Amen. We... Uh, we use the word of God. Uh, we use, you know, leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, weapons in our arsenal that we can use against evil. Amen. And the last uh, uh, part C, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Uh, and and uh, I can summarize that. That's the Lord's Army uh, section of uh, Scripture. You know, uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, uh, feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace, uh, your loins girt with, with the, uh, the belt of truth, uh, the Lord's armor, amen. Put on the Lord's armor, amen. We, we, have, we have some uh, offensive weapons, uh, prayer in the spirit, amen. And the Word of God, those are those things are we use for our offensive weapons. But we're also protected. How how are we protected? By obedience to some of the things that we learned tonight. When you're obedient to those things, that that's a that's a protection in and of itself. Uh, because the Lord, the Lord's reward is protecting you because of your obedience. Amen. 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 Pastor Willie, you got any uh, uh, words of wisdom to wrap this up tonight? Give Brother Dave a hand. Awesome class. Um, it's, it's a little easier. Y'all like it when we split it up a little bit and go a little bit slower? I think we can learn a little bit better. Um, this scripture popped up while he was reading this. Proverbs 24. 17 through uh, 20, and it says this, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased, and turn his anger from him. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and be not envious of the wicked. For the evil man has no future, the lamp of the wicked will be put out. A lot of times, most of us are in real estate and we don't really realize it. We're landlords. We're letting people live rent-free in our head. Stuff they did to us 20 years ago, we're still holding on to. <laughs> Some of those people have gone on to be with Jesus or whoever. And um, 
we still letting them live rent free in our head. God wants you to be free. He wants you to forgive. He wants you to release those people. He's going to take care of those things. When we take those burdens, we put on ourselves the responsibility that we are God, and it's our responsibility to change them. I'm going to tell you, I've had to counsel many people and tell them sometimes people will never say they're sorry. I've had to tell people you got to go to the graveside and just stand at their grave and say what you feel and say your peace because they never apologize for what they did to you when you were a little child and vulnerable and all sorts of stuff that people have to have to have to go through. But the free, most freest thing in the world is being able to forgive somebody because then you're no longer a pri- prisoner to them and your mind is free. You got some space for God. Kick those people out that you're not forgiven and give that space to God. He wants all the space in that he can get. Um, this is our new book coming up. It's thin, but we're going to split up the lesson, so we're going to go a little slower so everybody can get it. We're going into the book of Galatians. Um, probably working on a master class for apologetics. That will be a special class outside of this class. It's going to be a second, probably first of the year. We're working on that um, to make sure we get some things for those. And for those of you who do not know what apologetics is, it comes from the book of Peter, where Peter says to be able to give a reason for the faith. The word he uses is apologia. So in, in theology, they have they have a what's called apologetics, being able to defend the faith, understand the Bible understand why you believe what you believe, basically, and being able to defend that to other people. Yes. <laughs> yes, you sure can. Hand her that mic. Oh, there you go. This Saturday night, I was taking this, made a big list, and I pawned the, one of the books off, and I had to walk away, down uh-huh. to Rose, forgot about it, went to bed. We got up Sunday morning, or I got up, and I opened the bedroom door to let the dog out. And I was hitting the floor with this. And I said, what in the world? And I went in the kitchen and I hung up Bernie Brown and pulled it off and got ready. I was on my way to church when I started getting dizzy. Mm-hmm. And I called the nurse and she said, just turn around and come home. She said, it's not that bad. I walked back in the house and I said, great, go back. She basically had to just open everything and go out in the house and get it done. Mm-hmm. But my sister said, you know, your house is going to be all right. Good. And she and I had, you know, her being a nurse, she said, Mom, you and Dad should be in the hospital right now with cardiac issues. And you, you have mild headaches, and you're okay. But I'm thanking God for, you know, for his protection and keeping us safe and all that. There you go. And, you know, I'll always double check to say <laughs> but but you know it, it sparked from our gas um, water heater to the front of the house and thankful we were sharing with our neighbors and our houses are pretty local and Jack his name is Jack too not a Christian name but our neighbor Jack he said I should bring my cousin Harold up and I looked at them and shared his life and their eight month old baby it, it could have been tragic if they got it He did. When gas is in the house like that, flipping a light switch in an arc can, can blow everything up and he protected you and we're, we're grateful that. I, w- I was kind of startled uh, Sunday when I, saw <laughs> when I saw that text message. Um, but, but we're grateful that God has protected you and he's keeping you. God's doing some things um, a- around this church and for his people and we're s- eternally grateful um, for what he's doing. So grateful. 
Are there any, is there anything else that we're going to pray? And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to let you go. Um, oh, uh, Pastor Ernie did bring up uh, for us to pray for Brother Bob. We need to lift his arms up. Brother Bob needs us. Uh, he's dealing with something he's dealt with all his life. And uh, he's been struggling with it. And uh, he doesn't have to struggle alone. That was the first part of, of this. When one falls, we're all fall. What Paul was trying to say is we're all interwoven, interconnected, and interdependent. We all depend on one another. There's not one person in this room that does not matter to my destiny and I to yours. We're interconnected. So when one hurts, when I was young, they used to pray this old prayer uh, in the old Baptist church. Lord, draw us so close together that one can't fall without the other. And uh, they, they had a way of saying things when I was young. <laughs> but that's the truth. So we, we want to give a, a prayer for Brother Bob tonight. <laughs> Uh, uh, we pray for Chris's friend already, but if you could, can you go to God in prayer with me real quick? <laughs> God, we go to you in prayer. And for those who are online, if Brother Bob is watching online, Lord God, uh, wherever he is, we lift him up in prayer and we lift those up who are dealing with similar issues, God, in the name of Jesus, God. You have promised that you will give us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you show yourself strong that you be glorified in the victory that you will give him. Um, we, we submit ourselves to your sovereign will and your sovereign way, and we believe in faith and expectation that you will divinely heal him. Give him a divine touch, Lord God, that nobody else can get the credit of the glory but you. Uh, we thank you for that right now. And for Chrissy's friend right now, Lord, we pray that you keep her uh, while she's going through surgery. God, for everyone who has a need here, we're asking for divine healing. You have been showing up in a large way over the past month in this church. And, Lord, now we ask that you show up even larger through divine healing. We still believe that you heal. We still believe that you deliver and that you set free. And we believe it with expectation and faith that it will happen. Be it done unto them. Lord God, not just according to their faith, but the faith of all these believers that are interwoven here that we all believe. If you believe that, somebody say, I believe. <laughs> Lord, we believe that you will heal. And we believe it. And I pray that Brother Bob right now at this moment is released right now. And those that are dealing and struggling with any kind of anxiety or depression or, or sadness right now in the name of Jesus or any sickness was released in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare by the power of of God, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. Now, Lord, bless your people uh, in the name of Jesus. Bless them right now, uh, Lord God, to, 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 to keep them according to your word. And for Sister Neva and her husband right now, we pray for healing virtues to flow uh, through his body right now. God, keep them in your care. And we give you praise and thanks in the name of Jesus, we do pray that you be blessed in the city and the field when you come and when you go. And wherever the sole of your foot shall try, you be blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody give